You guys are going to have that stuck in your head for months to come by the end of this series. As I get started today, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 3. As you're doing that, I want to take a, a second and talk with the younglings for a minute. So all my kindergarten through fifth graders, you guys haven't really been in here. And I want you to understand where we're at in this series. So for a moment, to catch you up with everybody else, I want you to just listen to this. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. You see, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and he will be in you. That's John 14, 15 through 17. Now, to my younglings, a long time ago, before any of you were even born, which for some of you was only like four years ago, but still, a long time ago, movie theaters used to have a Saturday afternoon movie for kids. And each week, younglings like yourselves would go to the theater and they would watch a great movie. Some of the more popular ones were cowboy movies. They starred people like Roy Rogers and his horse Trigger. Anybody know of Roy Rogers? There we go. Yeah. Each week, right at the moment when the hero was in this very dangerous situation, it looked like he was a goner for sure, the movie would suddenly stop. And on the screen would flash the words, To be continued. Oh. Now... All the kids would have to wait until next Saturday to find out how the hero was going to get out of this mess. What you need to know, kids, um, is actually the next Saturday, the movie would review what had happened the week before so that if somebody missed it, they would understand what was going on. And, and that's what I want to kind of do for you guys real quick. We're in a series about the fruit of the Spirit. We've talked about love. We've talked about joy. We've talked about peace. And today we're going to talk about everybody's favorite fruit of the Spirit. Say it with me now. Patience. Yeah. But what is the verse that I started out with? What does that verse have to do with patience? Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command and I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. You see, the counselor that Jesus was talking about is the Holy Spirit. And and kids, Jesus asked the father and, and he sent the Holy Spirit to live in us and to help us follow Jesus and obey his teachings. You see, when we try to explain that to to most people today, they can't understand it. Jesus says the world can't accept it because they don't know him and they can't see him. Here's what I have for you today, kids. Do you know what they can see? They can see how you and I treat each other. They can see how we treat other people. They can see when we're generous. They can see when we're caring. They can see when we're helpful, when we're kind. They can see when we are loving. They can see when we have joy and they can see when we have peace about a situation that may be out of our control. But most of all, the world can definitely see when we have patience or not. I've heard it said that you may be the only sermon some people ever hear. That's what I want you and and I need you to remember is that, that we are the sermon because we should be the reflection of Jesus. Maybe the only reflection of Jesus that some people will ever see. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command. What did he tell us to do? He said to love one another as I have loved you. You know, when others see us, when they see how, how us knowing Jesus, how us living out the fruit of the Spirit has changed the way we treat other people, then they're going to want to know Him too. When we're living out things like love and joy and peace and patience, our lives are a message to others that we put Jesus first. And we need to do that for a long time. Not just a couple days out of the week, not just when other people are watching, but even when we're at home. We need to, we need to express the fruit of the Spirit to the people in our lives on a continual basis. Now that you're caught up, 
Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be here to, to open your word, to look at, at the fruit of the Spirit specifically, and, and to really hone in on patience today, Lord, and, and to see just how we can experience you through the fruit of the Spirit that is patience. I pray that we'll set aside whatever distraction we may have brought with us today. I pray that as we open your word, we'll open our minds, we'll open our hearts, and we'll, we'll find a way to apply it to our lives as we leave here today. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Hebrews 12.1 tells us to run with endurance the race set before us. And George Matheson, George Matheson wrote, we commonly associate patience with lying down. We, we think we just get overwhelmed and we just have to stop. We think of it as, as maybe the angel that guards the couch of the invalid. Yet there's patience that, that he believes to be harder. And that's the patience that can run. You see, to lie down in the time of grief, to be quiet under the stroke of adverse fortune implies a great strength. But he says, I know of something that implies the strength greater still. It is the power to work under stress. To have a great weight at your heart and still run. To have a deep anguish in your spirit and still perform the daily task. It is a Christ-like thing. The hardest thing is that most of us are called to exercise our patience. Not in the sickbed with it, but in the street. To wait is hard, but to wait with good courage is even harder. Go ahead and look at 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. This is now, beloved, the second letter I'm writing to you in which I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. Know this, first of all, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Forever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and by water through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. Verse 7, but by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. Verse 9, here it is. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. You know what I've gathered about patience from these verses is, is this. First off, I'm very grateful that God is patient with me. He exercises that patience daily in our lives, in our walk as we stumble around sometimes. But also I've gathered that a patient person should not be easily provoked. See, we should be firmly rooted in the strength and the security of the Holy Spirit, that God is who he says he is. And, and even when, when we're wronged, it's okay because God has a plan that's better than mine. A patient person is not easily, easily distracted from what's eternally important by the temporary nuisances of our world. You see, through the grace of God, we are able to suffer long without cracking under pressure. That's what patience is. There's a word, a Greek word, 
for patience. Actually, it's the Greek word for long-suffering. It's macrothumia. Say that with me. Macrothumia. All right, one more time because you were stuttery. Macrothumia. There you go. You, you now know Greek. It means long-suffering. Macro means long. Thumia means no. Temper or explosion. I kind of led you into that. In other words, we are to have a long temper or a long explosion. No short fuse allowed. Uh-oh, it just went from preaching to meddling. We should not be easily provoked to anger. At any short fuse people out there? I know I'm not. The only, okay, there's three of us. All right, you're in good company. Here's the thing. We, we shouldn't be easily provoked to anger. But then we, we're comfortable in our world saying, well, that's just how I'm made. I have a short fuse. I, I have to disagree with all of you short-fused people. I can say this because I used to be a short-fused person. I could go from, from laughing and, and being funny to angry in like a microsecond. It, it didn't take much to set me off. But that's not how we're made. That's not how you've been developed. That's not how, or excuse me, that's not how I've been made. It's how we've developed that makes us a short-fused person. Because the reality is we were made in the image of God. And, and we just read that our God is patient and long-suffering. He's patient and waiting on us. We're made in his image. We're made in the image of our God. And our God, as I shared earlier, he's patient. He's slow to anger. I just read it, verse 9. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. He is patient with us, and he gives us opportunities to be patient. Whether we pray for patience or not, that's a, a Christian wives' tale there that never pray for patience. Whether we do it or not, he gives us opportunity. Do you all remember the movie Evan Almighty? It came out a few years back. It's about Congressman Evan Baxter. And, and he has been asked by God to build an ark in the middle of his affluent suburban neighborhood. Um, he's been asked to build an ark. And uh, as he begins to do that, he's somewhat reluctant about it. But many strange things begin to happen that lead him to being suspended as congressman. It, it does allow him, however, to spend more time working on the ark, uh, which was God's plan. But it also causes family humiliation because it's all over the news. And there's a point in the movie where his wife says, hey, I'm going to take the kids and we're going to go stay with my mother while you get things figured out. Uh, one other thing you need to know about this is that earlier in the movie, his wife is talking with him about when they moved into their new house the first night, all the boys went to bed. They prayed about something. And he asked her, he said, what did you pray for? She said that she prayed they would become a closer family. Watch this clip about how God gives us opportunities. Just like no one is silent. Everybody can help you hide. Silent, silent. 
Now, she didn't actually pray for patience, did she? She prayed for her family to be closer. She learned a lesson in experiencing God through patience. And you may think, well, that's funny and cute, but that's just a movie. It was written in the script. What does that have to do with me and experiencing God through patience myself? And I got to tell you, listen, if the Bible is true, if God is real, what you need to know is he has called us all to live differently. He's called us all to go through times of long suffering at some point. Scripture doesn't say become a Christian and you're on easy street. Jesus actually says, hey, they they persecuted me. Know that they're going to persecute you. You're going to come to times where long suffering is part of your life. And and when that happens, we need to be steadfast. We need to, to endure these times. And we can do that when we focus on the fruit of the spirit, on love and joy and peace. I think those come first for a reason. You go all the way back to love. They prepare us for the rest of the fruit of the Spirit. They prepare us for the rest of, of what we need to do as Christians. Because when we're experiencing God through love, when we're experiencing God through joy, when we're experiencing God through peace, no matter what's going on around us, we will also be able to experience Him in patience as well. Not just one of us. I hear all the time people go, I don't have the gift of patience. Ah, nonsense. It's, it's a develop, something we develop. All of us. There's another clip from Evan Almighty, and it's a, it's a quick clip, so you got to pay attention. Get ready. Here it comes. <laughs> Told you it was quick. There it is. Bam. You went from newsman to congressman to caveman. What makes you so sure that God chose you? He chose all of us. Now, he may, have, he may not have chosen you to build an ark in the middle of your subdivision. He, he may not have chosen you to do that. But you know what? It's true. He has chosen all of us. And he chose us to also be patient with one another. The, this kind of reminds me of the woman. She sees a father shopping with a fussy two-year-old in, his, in the grocery cart. And the father keeps whispering to himself, be patient, Billy, be patient. You can handle this, Billy. It's okay. You're going to make it through this, Billy. And the woman stops him. She says, hey, I don't mean to interrupt or or be in your business, but I just want to tell you how wonderfully loving and patient you are with little Billy here. And the man replied, actually, my son's name is Patrick. My name is Billy. (laughs) (laughs) The point is, though, the, the spirit is available to whisper to us thoughts of love and joy and peace and patience every moment of our life. All we have to do is stop and ask and listen. We need to quit fighting when it comes to experiencing God through, through the fruit of patience, through the fruit of the Spirit. 
We, we always we always want to argue with God when it comes to something like that. Are, are you sure you want to put this on me? I'm not strong enough. I can't handle this. I don't have patience for this. We, we, it seems like sometimes we, we'd rather fight with God for, for what we need than, than accept it. Go ahead and turn to your Bible. Turn to Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 through 15. We're going to look at that in just a second. But before we get to those verses, I have one last clip from Evan Almighty for you to watch. Uh, listen closely to what happens here. Hebrews 6, chapter 13 through 15 is where you're turning. You knew all along, didn't you? You knew the damage was unstable. Then the ark, the family, the neighbors. I fought you every step of the way. Yes? What to do? So you had nothing to do with the flood? Like when the ark landed? Exactly. Yeah. I can't remember the show. Who knew? You did this, huh? You did it to us. No. No, I didn't. Well, let's see. Now, that whole act of random kindness thing, that's a sermon later, okay? <laughs> but what I want you to settle in on is, it was right there at the beginning of that clip. He, he did all this stuff, and publicly humiliated as a congressman. You know, the news stories, the, the people all around the world making fun of this guy. But what he says right there, you knew all along. You knew how it was going to turn out, and I fought you every step of the way. Does that sound like you? It's okay to say, yeah, you're amongst friends. I don't want to be the only one. <laughs> he knows. He knows how it's going to end. Sometimes he may call you to something, and you may not be sure what it is or, or, or where it's going to end or how it's going to end. But if he's going to call you to it, he's going to help you through it. You need to know that. Hebrews six thirteen says, For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply you. And so having patiently waited, he, Abraham, obtained the promise. From the point of the promise to the point of obtaining the promise was many years in Abraham's life. Many miles in Abraham's life. Many adventures. Many things happened before that promise was obtained Abraham could have been right there in that video clip. You knew all along, didn't you, God? Yeah. Same thing. I don't know what he's calling you to, but he knows how it's going to go. And, and you will need to use the fruit of the spirit of patience along the way. You see, the people that are mentioned in the book of Hebrews, especially in Hebrews 11, uh, we call that the faith chapter. There are men like Enoch and Noah and Abraham and, and women like Sarah Moses, Gideon, Barak, Samson, David, Samuel. At some point, all of these people experienced God through patience. Maybe not understanding fully why God had them in a certain place at a certain time, but they endured these things patiently. Long-suffering was part of what happened with a lot of these people. And they patiently served and they followed God's will. They understood that God knew what he was doing. When God calls us to or through something, he knows what he's doing. 
We have to trust him. And when we trust him, we will experience him through trials of patience. Colossians 1, 9 through 11 says, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience joyously, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints and light. Brothers and sisters, when we walk in a manner that is worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, no matter what he's asking us to do, we will bear fruit. Not only will we bear fruit, we will experience God while we are bearing fruit. That includes experiencing God and the fruit of the Spirit like love, joy, peace, and even patience. And it's like I said earlier at the beginning of my message, patience is not laying down and waiting. It's enduring and it's moving forward in a way that honors God. No matter what's going on around you, regardless of what the people around you are doing, patience is not just blasting through a rough time. So you can get to the other side and just, just pick up the pieces and move on. That's sometimes what we do. I think that's what we try. We, we get an opportunity to experience God through patience. We just kind of blast through it. We're like, ain't nobody got time for no patience. If that's you, and I can tell by your giggles it was most of you, I found this. For those of us who are always in a hurry, I want to share some good advice with you. Now, this is from a 19th century preacher. His name is A.B. Simpson. He says this, Beloved, have you ever thought that someday you will not have anything to try you or anyone to vex you again? There will be no opportunity in heaven to learn or to show the spirit of patience, forbearance, and long-suffering. If you are to practice these things, it must be now. Each day affords countless opportunities to learn patience. Let's not waste them. M.H. Lount said, God's best gifts come slowly. We could not use them if they didn't. Many a man called of God to a work in which is pouring out his life is convinced that the Lord means to bring his efforts to a successful conclusion. Nevertheless, even such a confident worker grows discouraged at times and worries because the results may not come as rapidly as he would desire. But hear this, growth and strength in waiting are results often greater than the end that so impatiently longed for. I think Paul had time to realize that as he lay in prison, you think about Moses, he must have asked why many times during the delays in Midian and, and in the wilderness. And Jesus himself experienced the discipline of delay in his silent years before his great public ministry began. God wants to see us, excuse me, God wants us to see results as we work for him. But his first concern is our growth. I think that's why he sometimes withholds success until we've learned patience. The Lord teaches us this lesson through the, the act of discipline of delay. You see, the discipline of delay, experiencing God through patience, when we realize that he has called us all, he has called all of us to be a reflection of him during all seasons in our life. Let me tell you this. You know what I like about the book of Genesis? It's the very, the very beginning. He created us in his image. He, he called us in the beginning. He called all of us not just Christians. He made us all in his image. And in doing so, he has called all of us 
to listen to him, to be like him, to be a reflection of him, to experience him. The problem is not everybody's answering that call. If we don't answer the call to follow him, if we don't answer the call to surrender our lives to him, to make him our Lord and Savior, if we don't answer the call of repentance and rededication as Christians and and we go along thinking we're doing just fine, we need to admit our shortcomings. We need to seek out the accountability in our lives. We'll be able to experience God through patience better when we do these things. If we don't answer the call to serve in our community, to make a difference for him, to put others before ourselves, if we don't answer that call, we will not experience God in our lives the ways that he has planned for us to. Because he has great plans for us. He knows how it ends. He knows where it's going to go. He has plans for us, most of all, to spend eternity with him in heaven. As we come to our response time today, I want you to think about those who have gone before you that I talked about earlier. How they, how they followed in faith, leaving behind an old life to start fresh, to start new. Called by God, they answered that call. Today, he's calling you. Maybe he's calling you to repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Maybe he's calling you, Christian, to, to rededicate. You've, you've missed out experiencing him through the fruit of the Spirit. And it's time to renew, to ask for the accountabilities you need in life. It's time to start living your commitment that you made to him. Maybe he's calling you saying, hey, it's time to partner up. It's time to join at Huntsville Christian Church as they move forward to impact this community and serve and love as we help others experience God. I don't know what he's calling you to do. But like I said earlier, if he's calling you to it, he'll get you through it. But know this, if you want to experience God, you have to answer the call. He's done his part. He created you in his image. He sent his son as a final sacrifice for our sins. And he is preparing a place for us to spend eternity with him. He simply asked that we put him first. You know, it's so much easier to experience God through patience when when we put him before everything else in our life. If you struggle with patience, think about where God is in the level of importance in your life. But if you do your part, will you respond to him? Respond to his word at this time. If you need to pray with someone, our elders are here. We have a place where you can go and do that. The the baptistry is ready. As we stand and sing, think about how you will respond to God's word. Will you stand and sing with us now? It's been great to worship with you all today, but now it's time for us to go. As you go this week, I hope you go with a new respect for patience and how you can experience God through it. Remember this, patience is sometimes sour to the taste buds. And long-suffering is not always the choicest fruit. But you know what they say, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. So if this week the fruit of patience is becoming a sour one, change the way you're looking at it. Make it a sweet opportunity to experience God. And remember, you may be the only reflection of Jesus that someone sees this week. Have a great week.